When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We got a fascinating story to talk about today, and that is the Jim Harbaugh story. Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic joins me, and right now, mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, we think is on, you know, potentially has a decision to make. We don't know, because we don't know what the Las Vegas Raiders are, are thinking right, right now, but one year after he took a pay cut that sliced his salary in half, Jim Harbaugh may be headed to the NFL or he may be re-signing mm-hmm. with Michigan, maybe back at what he was he was making before. And Nick, I, I just we were talking before we started recording. Like Harbaugh fascinates me completely because he doesn't act yeah. like other coaches would in these situations. He doesn't negotiate like they do. Um like I wouldn't be shocked if he went to the NFL and I wouldn't be shocked if he stayed at Michigan. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's hundred percent what it is. I mean, it's the same for, it's the same as it was, you know, in some ways like seven years ago when he did this. I mean, you remember like the whole, when he left San Francisco and people didn't know what he was going to mm-hmm. do and no, everybody got that wrong. It was like, no, because you know, he, he works with agents in these like weird ways where he doesn't really have one. Like right now he's working with, he is actually working with, people that are you know, negotiating for him, which is different than it's been in the past, but it's like, that speaks to sort of the unpredictability and kind of like, you just never know with him, like where the wind's going to blow. I mean, it's like, I can remember Andy when they hired him and like the month, it took a month. The coaching search was a month. It was like 28 days and we didn't really write it at the time. And it kind of came out later, but like Jim Hackett, the guy who hired him was like up until like the last day, like hours, like, are you going to sign this? I mean, hours. People don't know that. But like at the time, and if that had come out at the time, like the panic that was going on, like, and because that's just how he is. And yeah. I think Warren Manuel understands that and they're trying to give him room, you know, but like, how much room do you want to give him? I mean, at some point, this has got to be what it, you know, you've got to make a decision and, and you go forward. So we'll see where they, we'll see where it happens, I guess. Well, I'm saying, and Mark Davis has some say in this too, I would imagine <laughs> that they, they would have to offer the job and, uh-huh. and, and then Harbaugh would have to accept. But, it, it is interesting because, you know, we, we talked all year about you know, Urban Meyer going to the NFL and then flaming out and getting fired. Jim yeah. Harbaugh is the one college coach who it does not qualify in those discussions of could he succeed in the NFL because we've already seen him succeed in the NFL. Yeah, right. right. I, but now my question is this. So we have seen it. And it's, a, it's something that I think, and I said this to somebody earlier today, I think a lot of teams over the last seven years I've heard get in love with the idea or, you know, in like with the idea of hiring Jim Harbaugh. And then they get to like the action phase and they're like, no, we're not doing that. Because like of all the things that people remember from that time he had in San Francisco and how much he clashed with Balky and Jed York and all these people that have gone on to, you know, have productive careers that he acted like the, were the just Jag- The Jaguars people. fans who wore well, clown well, costumes enough. to the Colts game are like, we're on Jim Harbaugh's side there. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get that part of it, but it's like, He's a hard guy to work with. So I think a lot of people oh, yeah. are very, they're, they're always intrigued, but I think that as much as the game has changed in the last 
five, 10 years, like, I think a lot of people still are nervous about someone like Jim Harbaugh, who is closer to 60. I think he's like 58 right now. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, is, is, does he still have that kind of whatever? Does it still work? Is it the right time for it? I think that makes a lot of people nervous because he is very unique. You can't compare him to anybody else. And so it takes well, the it, right kind of owner, Mark Davis, um, to even really have that kind of conversation. And I think that's why, you know, we kind of are where we are with that right now. Every time the Raiders job, I really, that's what it is. I really hope that conversation is over some lettuce wraps at a PF Chang's. Like, <laughs> that that need that that would be the only appropriate venue for a Mark Davis Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh. interview. Like a it's, PF Chang's it, it'd or be like ideal. A, or something. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so th- this is this is fascinating to me though, because Harbaugh had never worked anywhere more than four years as a coach mm-hmm. before Michigan. And right. so he this is his longest tenure job. You look at it, it, it definitely had its ups and downs. It was a roller coaster. But if you were going to leave, if you were going to say, I, I did what I was hired to do, I set the program on the on the correct path, right now would be that time. Yeah. Yes, I would think so. Because I think the only thing that you wouldn't have would be you want a, you know, a national title. And it's like, well, my God, you just went to the playoff and saw how hard that is. So it's like, you know, I mean, realistically – you were able to get over the things that people said you were never going to be able to get over. And, you know, you move, if you want to cut your whatever, and if you think you have some sway right now in the NFL, because I think that's a good argument to make. If he thinks he has a moment to strike, this would be it. So, you know, he's 58 going on 59 here. I, I think that this is the time if he wants to reevaluate the next five to 10 years or whatever of his coaching career, because that's the other thing. And you know this, you know, and because he said this forever, he's going to coach until he's dead. That's what Jim's going to do. Whether it's a head oh, coaching yeah. job or not, I don't know, you know, but like, he will be coaching football somewhere in some capacity until he can't breathe anymore. And so I think he looks at coaching his coaching career almost like tied with his life. What do I want to do with my life in the next 10 to 15 years? I think that, as much as anything, is what is at the center of all this right now. Yeah, and, and you know, I would assume he's familiar with all these folks because he was in the Bay Area when they yeah. were. Uh, mm-hmm. He's worked with some of them before. So I, I mean, it, it would make sense. And you took you look at a team that just made the playoff that that right. could do more. You know, I I said playoff. I meant playoffs. They playoffs. they made the NFL playoffs, and, and, playoffs. and could do more. They they'd have a quarterback they're reasonably happy with, and right. and you know some young stars on defense, some some good players on offense. I do think that's not a bad job to take. It's not, you're, you're not taking over a team that, that has the number one draft pick because they suck. Right. Well, it's Raiders. I mean, it's like, you know, that's the thing people don't realize, I guess, is like Al Davis. Nick also Jim. covers the lions, by the way. So he <laughs> yeah. knows, he knows all about this. He knows. So like Al Davis gave him his first job. So he has that tie to the Raiders, right? He has that, like, he, he, that means a lot to Jim. I mean, it does. He loved Al Davis. John Madden, they were very close as well. That's a Raider connection. Jim loves the fact that he is a Raider because L. Davis had that, like, once a Raider, always a Raider. I, they, mm-hmm. He takes that serious, and I think Mark Davis does too, and there's an attraction there, but I guess the thing that nobody can figure out at the end of the day, right, is, like, does that mean anything more than just there's an attraction there, or does that mean, like, they would actually do this? And it's like, I I don't know. Yeah, it, it, does, it does feel like that's... The Raiders of all the NFL franchises feel like Absolutely. they have the most kind of college identity. Yeah, like you are family. a Raider. It You're means, a you know, yeah. that, that, and that actually means something. But mm-hmm. 
I, I still, it's not the same thing. No, it's and not. I don't know that it would be, be, be a deciding factor in this. And, and let's, let's go more toward the Michigan side of things. This time last year, mm-hmm. clearly nobody in the NFL was interested in Jim Harbaugh as a head coach. Otherwise he wouldn't have had to take a pay cut right. or he would have just gone. How did all that come to be? Cause you, you and Austin Meek reported very thoroughly on, on that process. How did they reach that decision and whose idea was it? Was it Ward Manuel's idea to to cut his pay? Because I don't think many people would have even thought to try that. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a collective idea. I don't think it was one person necessarily. Maybe it was, but my understanding was more of a collective. Like, look, at the time when they went in 2020, you know, before the season started, uh, before COVID, before everything, the deal was coming up. Uh, they were frustrated beyond repair with with losing to Ohio State the way they were. They were falling further back. In so many areas, it was really not good. The COVID season was really bad for a lot of reasons. I mean, they were on the verge of losing a ton of guys in terms of transfers, everything else. It just was bad, a really toxic environment. And the contract was about to come up because they let it, you know, get down to one year because Jim doesn't do with his, deal with his contract unless you make him. And they don't they didn't make him do anything. So, like, they, you know, they brought that upon themselves and they got themselves into an awkward situation. And it was, you know, we can't reasonably sign him to a longer term deal right now with the program in the state that it is at eight or nine million. What are we doing? And so their solution was, we're going to try this and see what happens. And he signed it. And I I remember someone asking me in the summer of 2020, like, do you think he would sign one if we gave him a lower, you know, deal? And I said, I think he'll sign one. And then I think he'll stand over your shoulder when he proves you wrong. (laughs) And rip it up in your face and throw it back in your face. And I think that there's some of that happening right now as well. Well, but but he did it in the most chivalrous way possible. We very much because, did, yeah. Yeah, because the, the key, and this is what I thought was the genius of this deal. And I do think this was the model for what Nebraska did with Scott Frost. Yeah, and I think everybody assumes that you have to have an alum to make this work. But I, I've, I've I, run this by I coaches agree. before. Like, I talked to Rick Neuheisel about this, and, and Neuheisel mm-hmm. coached at his alma mater, UCLA, he coached at Washington, he coached at Colorado. He said if any of those places had offered him that deal rather than getting fired, he'd have taken it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And, I mean, with but, performance incentives and all that too? Absolutely. Yeah, because the, the, there was a bonus structure to get you back where, oh, yeah. where you, and you, know, you had to win the, the national title to get there. But it, he he came about as close as, as he could get to to getting right. them all, and then he donates the bonuses to charity. <laughs> pretty good, right? <laughs> genius, good. it's genius. I think it's been <laughs> yeah. I think there's some strategy involved here. I think it'd be foolish for us to to look at Jim Harbaugh's body of evidence in his life and not think that he hasn't thought about this every day since he signed it. I mean, he said. Somebody asked him in the Orange Bowl conference call, we wrote about that in the story, like, uh, were you bothered by it? And he tried to dodge the question. Then they asked him again, and he finally answered. He was like, no, I wasn't bothered by it. Enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And it's like, obviously, you were bothered. He said the things that people say when they're not bothered about something and they don't want to admit it. So clearly, as a competitor, I think that that's, that's the lesson there. And, you know, if they do bring it back, I also think that's something that they have to make sure that there's not something that's going to linger there. Is that going to be a problem, you know, down the road? Is he going to think that he's unsupported? He's a different guy. He's, you know, he, it's a different type of person, coach, but, whatever. But Nick, when, when he says in that same there. press conference, I do this job for free. But he wasn't talking about. I actually kind of believe him. Yeah, I absolutely do. But he wasn't, he wasn't saying Michigan. He was saying coach coaching football. football. Is what he meant. I believe that a hundred percent. But 
where to him in some ways is more irrelevant than people realize. I don't think, I think he likes, he said it's an honor to coach Michigan. I think he sees that as, you know, a very big honor in his career, but it's part of a career and a life in football. I don't think he sees this as, I don't think he ever did as this is where I'm going to be forever. I don't think he ever, because again, I think he sees himself as the, as coaching until he's dead. And they're not going to keep him here for 50 years, you know, so. We'll be right back after these words. So, so many coaches don't recognize the time mm-hmm. to make a graceful exit. This no. would be the time yeah. because you just beat Ohio State. And not only did you beat them, you kicked their ass yeah, and yeah. you won the Big you Ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this, if you're going to do it, because now – no one ever has to ask him that question again. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you come back to Michigan and you lose to Ohio State 45 to, to 20 next year, yeah. then the questions come again because you've only beaten them once. Now, you never, ever have to answer it again if you leave now. Uh, yeah, that's what I – I mean, that's how I would see it, and that might be how he sees it, to be quite honest, because I think that, you know, there was a misconception with um, – with Michigan fans out there that Michigan wasn't doing anything with NIL. They don't want any part of it. And Harbaugh was mad about that. And that's not true at all. In fact, Michigan is uh, trying hard to be involved as much as they can be with that. And they've had guys that made money this year. The question there is how much does Jim Harbaugh want to be involved with how much he will have to be involved with that whole process. And, you know, that's the same question as any college coach, I think with options is asking himself, because it's the same as always. Do I want to recruit? Do I want to spend all this time, you know, with all these things that aren't football or do I want to just coach football? I think that more than anything else. And there are things, there are other factors here, but I think the driving factor for him is that is, do I want to be a pro coach or do I want to be a college coach? I beat Ohio state. I proved to these MFers I can do it. Like I'll walk out of here right now and I'll be fine. I think he totally would say that, but you know, it's got to work out for everyone involved there too. And then the, the second question is if you're back, like what, what does that mean? Because I think that there are more questions if he returns, like that would have to be asked as well. Well, and it's interesting because I was wondering how much his staff might get pillaged given the improvement of this past yeah, season. Yeah. I think, you know, Josh Gaddis really did finally find his groove as the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which it, it took some time, but you could see the progress. And and yeah. now you, you look at him as okay, this is this guy knows what he's doing. And then Mike McDonald was fantastic. Right in his first year as a defensive play car. My assumption with him was, you know, the Ravens had such a deep bench in terms of defensive brain power. Like this guy's really smart. He needs to call some plays somewhere. I figured once he showed he could succeed, he's right back to the NFL, but Mm -hmm. so far, so good. Now the NFL carousel may still get him, but so far, so good. And I think that that's the interesting thing to, to note too. I would say, you know, Michigan's got coaches on this staff that I think if Jim left, that would still be here regardless of who the next coach would be. And I wouldn't rule out that this, that the next coach isn't on the staff right now. I wouldn't rule that out either if he were to leave. Uh, Cause right I know I mean, like, that's interesting like to here. me because, because I think the assumption is they just call Matt Campbell or they call well, Luke I don't Fickle. think that's, that should be an assumption that, that that would be the end of the end of the day thing. If they, if it were to come open, no, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be on the um, agenda or something at some point, but I don't think yeah. it's just open and shut. Uh, that they really like the staff a lot uh, here, and and that includes you know guys that played here, of course, and Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy. But Sharon Moore is a guy they absolutely love. Um, you know the offensive line coach, one of their best recruiters. So a lot of guys here right now. That staff last year really really clicked well together, 
And I think Ward Manuel yeah. knows that. And I think that uh, he's looked at this whole situation with some of that as well. And he's like, a lot of those guys like being here too. And we'll see what happens, Jim, when you leave, if you do leave. And <laughs> and I guess we'll see where it goes. But um, but yeah, it was an interesting year. And uh, having covered Michigan for as long as I have, I knew it wouldn't end smoothly. <laughs> I knew that we of have course. something like this, of course. Well, so, and, and that's that's the thing is, is because that staff clicked together so well, because it's hard to put together a good group like that. It How is. sustainable is is what they did this year. I mean, I think it is sustainable, but it's also like, you know, you got to kind of keep the band where, you know, together, I think, to a degree. And it really does. I don't think I actually it's hard, right? Because if Jim were to leave, you know, and you didn't have the head of the the class there, you'd have to have a new head coach and everything else. But I mean, the the bond that they built with the players and a lot of that started with, you know, Mike McDonald, Gaddis and more on their sides of the ball involving them with you know scheme and involving them with how we're learning this and how we're learning that like they had a really good thing going so with the guys they have on the team right now they really did a nice job of building a culture that i would think that you'd want to keep some guys there to protect it and keep it there and any incoming coach i think would want that as well because it was really good and i think that whatever it was you try to bottle as much of that up as you can uh and move forward with it and that's the thing michigan struggled with with Harbaugh, it's like, you know, he's had staff turnover because it is hard to work for him. Like, that's another thing. Yeah. Hard to work for Jim. And I don't think he would say otherwise. So, you know, you you, you want to keep some of that consistency best you can. That's been their problem here. And, you know, it sort of comes with the territory. But at the same time, if he were to leave, I would wonder about, you know, how much of the staff would remain intact. So what – I realize this is probably a, an unfair question because I, I think predicting – what goes on in the mind of Jim Harbaugh is probably a fool's errand. Yeah, right. But what do you think would what do you think would keep him at Michigan? Uh, n- not getting an offer in the NFL. I think that would keep him at Michigan. <laughs> I think that he doesn't. I don't think it's a situation yeah. that he doesn't like his job. I think he. I think that he is very happy with most all of the things that he does at Michigan and everything else. But I do think this has proven that there's something there in the NFL that if it, if the opportunity comes back, then he's going to take it. And I think that that's certainly on the table for him. I've kind of likened it a little bit to when Michigan lost John Beeline um, to the Cavs a couple years ago there. Like it was just him wanting to take that chance and it, you know, it's money and no, nothing else had anything to do with it. So it was, I think that's part of the, what's going on. The difference is Harbaugh has actually worked with professionals before and right. understands how that works. It you wouldn't know, be like John Beeline getting in the garden. Wait a second. Longer than I can't give these guys the Rudy speech and, and, and they're going right. to play for me. <laughs> like, but at the same time, I don't know how much of Jim's, you know, I mean, they had to go through a lot of changes last year because he changed a lot. The staff didn't yeah. change. You can't be so up in your face and, you know, hard ass like that. It's got to be, you've got to be more personal with these guys and, that would be a pretty big test for Jim Harbaugh in the NFL because, you know, he's not going to have this whole staff with him. It's going to be very different. The league has changed the game. Everything's changed. So we'll see. How different is he now than, than say a year ago, or what did, what was he doing differently this year that, that helped them get better, have better chemistry, all that. He listened more. I think Um, he definitely did. He listened to more people. I think that, you know, he took advice. He got away. I think, from some of the hires that they made and some of it was just how it worked out. I think they had people in here that were telling them stuff that he wanted to hear instead of stuff that he needed to hear. And his best staffs have always been got, you know, when you've got guys on staff that will tell you the truth, no matter what. And he had guys here that were willing to do that. And it was a really good, because Jim will take it. I think that's, he intimidates people. I think that he, he scares people into thinking that they want, 
you know, I want you to say this or that or whatever, because I'm going to disagree. But like, I, you know, they're one of their best staffs they ever had. Jed Fish is first year here. You know, he, those guys, I mean, they would tell Wheatley, you know, the best staffs that he's, that he's had are coaches that will just speak their mind. And they had a really good group here. And I think that he listened to them. He really leaned into that. Uh, let them sort of speak their piece, let the players speak more. And maybe that would be something that he would carry with him uh, to the next. It would have to be because, you know, if he's back at Michigan, I would assume that would be something that carries forward yeah. too, because that was the biggest change in the program was guys felt more comfortable, like they were part of a family. And it was less about like, we're in the military here training for something. Cause that's what it had become. And, you know, this, this felt more like a, a group having, of, you know, having friends, family. Yeah. Having done some stuff on a former Ohio State coach who did not handle the uh, the transition well, uh, I, I do imagine that 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 would work. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we keep talking about when when college coaches go to the NFL, you know, you've got to treat mm-hmm. the players differently. I'm not sure now with NIL with with right. the one time transfer, it might be pretty similar how you yeah. have to treat the players. Yeah, to, if you want to get the the results you want. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's about listening at all levels. I mean, I think it, it really is. It's about making sure that your guys are okay with what you know at the end of the day, way more than you used to. And I think that that's the thing that carries over. And, and you know, because you, know, you said earlier, I covered the Lions, so I see it from that side of it too. And I covered you know the Matt Patricia Lions, and I saw what that, what that yeah. was like. And I cover now the Dan Campbell Lions and see what that's like. And it's you've got to be able to get eye to eye with players and be with them at their level. Jim Harbaugh can do that, but sometimes as an alpha competitor, I think he has a hard time putting himself in that spot this year. He was very good at it. And, you know, I think he got his mind in a better place. All things. And he was, you saw the dropped a bunch of weight. I think he got his hip fixed. I think he was in a better place physically, mentally and everything else, all things on football going forward. And I think it it might've even made him think, Hey, if I can put everything on football, maybe that's what I do. And maybe that's why I'm interested in the NFL. And I think maybe that's part of why all of this is sort of happening too. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. How much of the, how much of the changes and the, the willingness to adapt, how much is that is the youth of that staff that he brought in? Because it was the average age. It dropped like 20 years, right? Yeah, they were the youngest in the country, I think. I don't think they had anybody over 40. I don't think they might have had one guy in his 40, like 41, 40, something like that. Uh, Big time. Because it was, and that was, you know, that's what it was. And it was a lot of guys who played, you know, a lot of guys who were were in it. A lot of guys who had relationships with uh, the kids from from the Midwest. You know, Plinkscale, Steve Plinkscale, what a big hire that was. And that was one that, you know, they've had a chance to hire, they had a chance to hire him like three times and they, and they didn't for whatever reason. And it was like, he is just raiding the state of Michigan every single year. You've got to do something about this. And so they did, you know, they hired him. They hired Ron Bellamy, who was, who had become the best high school coach in the state of Michigan over the last several years. They brought in guys that had relationships with kids that understood today's player better than the previous staff did, which had, you know, 70 year olds on it and guys that were just older. And, and I think that that helped, a ton. And, you know, the players took ownership, all that sort of thing as well. But having younger coaches that could speak to them the way that they need to be spoke to, you know, I think, you know, from a, as a person, I think really, really helped them a lot. All right, Nick. So we're recording this on Thursday in the afternoon. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. But 
I'm going to put you in the shoes of Mark Davis. So imagine you have oh, God. one of the world's worst haircuts oh, and a yeah. billion dollars okay. in the bank. Yeah. Do you want Jim Harbaugh to be your next head coach? Uh, no, no, I don't. I, I, I don't. Um, I think like for all the reasons I've said, I think that the game has changed an awful lot. And I would have concerns about Jim working with another general manager. I just would. Um, that would be my concern. Uh, but again, I'm having a hard time putting myself in Mark Davis' shoes because if I did put myself all the way in Mark Davis' shoes and say, I'm a Raider, whatever the hell that means, yeah. right? Yep. Then maybe I would want to hire Jim Harbaugh but because that's I'm the a Raider guy. and I'm a Michigan man. Don't feel that different. Right. Exactly. Totally. That's the guy who's always going to kind of be like, if you want to tell these guys to where they can shove it, I'll be right with you. Like that's, yeah. you're not going to find another, many other coaches, you know, like, Rex Ryan, maybe one of these other guys, but like, right. That's the, you know, so if I put myself all the way into Mark Davis's shoes, that is why I think he is, he, every time this, like I was talking to Vic Taffer the other, like every time this job comes open, Harbaugh gets mentioned because they love, they just like him. They just, he's a Raider. Like that's what they, so I definitely understand why they would want to do it. I wouldn't, I think there's too much that's changed and I would have questions about him with an ownership or, you know, with the front office, but. I understand why they well, the, and the fire the firing of Mayock, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of clearing the decks because it's, it's interesting. It, and this is something that you who cover the NFL a lot can maybe explain to me. I, I don't get how so few NFL teams understand that you need co- right. a cohesive vision between the cook and the person who buys the groceries. Like this seems to me like they're they're going to pick one or the other, and then and then that'll inform the other decision. If you pick Harbaugh, could he possibly pick a GM that he would be able to work with? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like that, is that something that he has enough cachet at this point to do? Like, that's the other thing I I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, seven years ago, my God, I mean, he could have gotten, I think he could have gotten equity. I think he could have gotten an equity stake in the franchise if he wanted to. I think that he could have gotten anything he wanted. He can no longer, I don't think, get that. I have questions about how much Mark Davis is, you know, willing to pay at this point, you know, all these things considered though. But if you like him that much, then I think that if that's something that you're taking into account, if it's a unique scenario, I absolutely could see him saying like, we want you to have a GM, but we want you to pick the guy. Like we want you to be involved with that and, you know, be part of that whole process. So could totally see that happening, but the Raiders seem to have a lot of restarts all the time. So I'm not sure. I think we're getting too logical for the Raiders, Andy. Like this is, this is true. This All right. So easy. now, now I'm going to give you a different haircut, one more similar to your own. I'm going to give you Ward Manuel's haircut okay. and, uh, <laughs> and, and just say, let's say Jim Harbaugh decides to stay with Michigan. What is his next big challenge? Figuring out what happens after Jim's out of here. Like that's the next challenge. I think that, you know, you, you have to find a way, to bridge over whatever, if there's any, any ill feelings, and I don't know if there are between those two, uh, that, those have to go away. And then beyond that, you know, a real conversation between those two, you cannot continue forward in a relationship as adversaries on the other side of a negotiation. Cause that's what it feels like all the time. Like you, you've got to have more of a partnership on like, Jim, we need to know what your 10 year plan looks like. If you is, have is that, you is that do really just because of when Ward got them, there though? Know, so. it, 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 it feels like just, because of the timing of when Ward got the job that they've yeah. always been, been in that weird. role with each other. Yeah. It's been weird because, you know, Ward didn't hire him and, you know, they played together, of course, but Ward was a freshman and Jim was a senior all American. And I think that 
Jim sometimes still thinks he's the senior All-American and worst the freshman, and it is not that way. And like that's they have a unique relationship, obviously, and a unique working relationship and everything else. But I think Ward, having been now with him much more, you know, ups and downs and through the years, I think Ward is probably more confident to be able to, if he is back, to probably go have that conversation with him and say, like, look, Jim, I gotta know. Like, I, I gotta know long term because we've got guys here that we like a lot and we would like them to be here. And I think you like him a lot too. And you'd like them to see success too. So I think that would be maybe, you know, easier said than done. Good luck to you or manual, but that would be the, that would be the quest. I think I would be on about him. Well, neither of us is a fly on the wall of that Las Vegas PF Chang. So we do not know what's going to happen <laughs> next, <laughs> but I can't wait to find out. Nick Baumgartner, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. No problem.